Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be episode 14, and today I'm going to be talking about the movie Soul. This movie is the one created by Disney Pixar, having just come out on Christmas Day in 2020, and it's it's an interesting film that I think warrants a, uh, a conversation. I'm not sure how long this conversation will be, I'm not sure how much I'm going to be able to flesh out a lot of these things, but I think it's worth talking about. I think it's an interesting film, and I think it does some stuff differently than other films I've seen, and I just think it's worth a a conversation. What I'll say from the get-go here is that uh, this is going to contain spoilers. It's going to be talking about the entire movie and a bunch of different parts of it, so if you're someone who cares about spoilers or wants to see the movie and then come back to this, I would recommend watching it. I'm recommending it regardless of uh, what I have to say about it later on in this. I think it's worth your time and worth watching it is on disney plus and it's not like that mulan movie where you have to pay like the 30 extra dollars or whatever it's if you have the subscription you're able to watch it i would recommend doing that if you have that subscription or uh disney plus does offer a trial uh to their subscription service if you're at all interested in this film i think it's worth your time but there's your spoiler warning and i'm going to be talking about it throughout the film uh second piece i want to talk about here real quick is i know in a lot of my podcasts i kind of talk about the topic of up front about um, more of, I guess, a secular view, and then my religious elements tend to come in at the end. I've been splitting it up like that, and I do like that split. However, with this, I think it's probably going to be intertwined throughout the review, just given the content matter and the different things that I thought were interesting about the film. So, just a heads up for that in case that's jarring or anything like that for you. This film is the, again, the newest Pixar animated film directed by Pete Docter, who did other films like Monsters, Inc. and Up, I believe, um, but uh, has done other Pixar films before. It stars Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey as our two main characters, and basically it's a movie about a person trying to find their way back from... <laughs> Uh, find their way back from there. You know, it's 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 hard to say without uh, like really just going right into things. It's a man dies and his soul is sort of like trapped in a limbo place, and he's trying to find his way back into his body and gets the help of uh, Tina Fey's character, who's a soul who has yet to be born. I guess is the best way to phrase that. Um, it's it's an in, again interesting concept, I think, but it's it's a movie about really truly with without like the actual plot points it's a movie about finding passion finding purposes for living and finding why we continue to do these things and why we continue to go about living our lives even if sometimes it feels like it's a little mundane or doesn't have what we're looking for and this movie is distinctly different from most Pixar movies in that it's very adult like this these concepts I think when you when you talk about concepts of death and souls and life purpose and all of that it doesn't sound very kid oriented and it's not for, for our Pixar movie this is easily the most adult film they've made in a very long time and not that their other movies don't have adult themes or that they are not enjoyable for adults but this is the first Pixar film I've watched where I went I don't know if kids will like this because I, I don't think there's a lot here for kids the characters are still in that Pixar animation style they're charming there's humor there's you know visual gimmicks and all of that but with 
story's not really geared for kids. Kids don't have this issue of what purpose is in life and what passion is. And is it too late for me to still do the things I care about? Because they're kids. <laughs> you know, they, they've just never had this because they're, they're at the very beginning of their lives. They haven't had a chance to think that they've gone past their chance for a living. So in that sense, it's, it's a very interesting film in its own right. Like without going into any of the kind of more adult themes of it, just the fact that it is more adult like that I found very striking and made me pay a little more attention to it, honestly, because the, the main character, Joe, played by Jamie Foxx, his character dies within like the first 10 minutes of the movie. It, it's really early on. So they, they cut to the chase pretty quickly. And within these ideas, I, I think I want to split it up into two parts because I, to me, that's how I kind of see it. The The first half I'm going to talk about is more like the, the purpose, passion, and, you know, is it too late for me sort of stuff? which in my mind, after having just watched this film, I'm going to consider like the quote-unquote Earth stuff because all of these concepts are way more fleshed out and way more realized when the characters are physically on Earth versus more of the what I'll consider spiritual stuff, which is the whole notion of souls and what happens after death sort of stuff. I wouldn't say they get too far into that, but I, I do think it's interesting the way they portray it, and so I just want to touch on that uh, closer to the end. But to start off, with I think I think the most interesting stuff really is the the way they portray purpose and kind of how you how you go about living because the whole sort of setup at the beginning of the film is that our main character Joe he's stuck in a job as a middle school band teacher that he never wanted to be in and he never thought he would stay in it was more of a uh, what do you want to call it like a I'm doing this job to get by until I can do what I really want to because what he really wants to do is be a jazz musician and he's done gigs he's done, you know, performances, but that it's never been his career. It's never been what he's done, even though that's what he thinks he's meant to do. But he gets a big break when a former student calls him and says, I've got this chance to play, uh, for you to play in this really big gig. And, uh, he's kind of on his way to, you know, get things ready and get things set up for it and falls down a manhole and dies. And that's sort of where he, um, you know, gets into the afterlife stuff and, uh, you know, he, his whole purpose from after he dies is he's got to get back to his body because he has yet to live his purpose. He has yet to do what he was put on the earth to do. And so it, it spends probably 45 minutes-ish uh, with... For, for Joe, their, our main character here, to find his way back into his body to kind of be able to do this performance and to live out his purpose. Of course, it being a movie and being sort of, you know, uh, an animated movie sort of stuff, when he eventually does get back to Earth, it's in the wrong body, and our other character, called 22, played by Tina Fey, is in his body, and so they're trying to figure out how to get that switched, and of course, you know, it's people from there, it's people trying to, you know, have how do you get that switched and what kind of hijinks with someone's in a different body sort of stuff and in that sense I don't think it's very original like that but it's it's enjoyable nonetheless what I find interesting is that it, at the end of the day what the movie says is passion is something that is good but not necessary and that the small things in life are what make life worth living and I, I think it's an interesting message and it's portrayed sort of at the end of the film Joe does get his body back like he he does his performance he does the thing that he was trying to do this whole time and
and he doesn't find enjoyment in it anymore because he's seen how life's supposed to be lived, according to the movie, by enjoying just life, enjoying the small things, enjoying just living. And therefore, it's not that he doesn't necessarily enjoy music anymore, but it doesn't fulfill him in the way that he thought it would. And th this is what I'm talking about also, where that, that's, a, again, a very mature theme to have in what is portrayed as a kid's movie. It's it's a very big concept to wrestle with, and I think it's awesome that they do wrestle with that. And I, I think it's pretty, pretty cool that what they settle on is, though you have things you enjoy in life, and you have things that interest you, and you pour your, you know, your soul into, and you work really hard at, and it's all you really want to do, that they, they basically say, those things will not be all you need. They can make you happy, and they can sort of, per, like, push you to maybe be a better person, or to try harder, or whatever, but they are not going to be the thing at the end of the day that gives you that desire to keep on going. They're not going to make all your problems going go away. You will still have to deal with things, you're still going to have to wrestle with hardships, these passions and these things that we enjoy so much and these things that we pour ourselves into, what that does for us is sort of help us when the mundane things don't work <laughs> almost like it it's the sort of the spice to life if you want to use that phrase like it, it's what gives life more enjoyment but it doesn't fix everything for you and it's certainly not a new concept for a film to be talking about that but i think in kind of a more modern sense i think that's a more original take on things honestly because i think what we're told a lot of times is that when you do find your passion, when you do find something that can captivate you and motivate you and make you want to, I guess, be the best person you can be sort of stuff, that's, it, it's portrayed as that that's the fix, right? If you can figure out what your passion is and then keep doing it, then you're set and that's what's going to carry you through. And I think when you're younger, and I am talking more of my age, like a mid 20 sort of thing, that can be somewhat true. I think that if you're in your mid 20s and you don't really know what you're doing, finding a, a good passion is a good thing because you got to start somewhere, right? But our main character here in Joe, um, it's it's never explicitly said. I'm sort of guessing he's like in his mid 40s, you know, around there. Could be younger, could be older. But when you get more to that age, it's not quite so clear and it's not as easy to have <laughs> passions continue to motivate you because this character has had this passion for being a jazz musician for uh, most of his life, ever since he was a little kid. And he's been playing jazz music for a long time, but he still wound up in a job that he didn't like to make ends meet, and it still wasn't giving him the same sort of drive as it used to, because there's always something more, or there's something still unrealized about it. And that's sort of the issue, right? Is, say you find your passion, great, fantastic, but there's always something more you can do with it, right? You can always be better, you can always do more, you can always adjust more, you can always try to make it better and it doesn't always work that way. Either life gets in the way or maybe you just aren't doing it the way you need to to make it better or maybe that's just not the way it works. <laughs> maybe maybe you've peaked at what the level you can do that passion. And that's not always an easy thing but I think it's really important to sort of realize that and to realize that if, if we're going to live life to the fullest it's not that we give up on passions and it's not that we grow complacent and it's not even saying that you know oh you're never going to be truly fully happy 
because you know you you never can be or whatever. It's, it's nothing like that. It's it's realizing though that life can be so much bigger and it can be so much more if we just sort of learn to embrace the fact that there are other things for us to enjoy. Now in our main character, it's sort of like he's gone through death and he realizes that you know even the the smell of of the morning air is a thing to celebrate and that's great but that doesn't last either because you again grow kind of numb to things you again grow complacent and so what's what's the solution to that what how do you how do you fix that and i think in part it is learning to recognize the things that we have that are small and consciously and actively be thankful for them. So like, for example, it's, you know, maybe one day you wake up and you just, you, you know, you consciously tell yourself, okay, what am I gonna be thankful for today? I'm gonna be thankful that I've got clean drinking water. And you just take a day to appreciate that. Drink yourself some good water. And that sounds really cheesy and it quite frankly is, but it's amazing what just that kind of effort does because we expect to have clean drinking water around us all the time. And so we grow complacent with it. And and I'm not saying that to like deprive yourself of that to realize what you have, but like just kind of consciously realize what it is you have. Maybe another day it's electricity. Maybe another day it's internet. Maybe it's it's so many things that we're surrounded by that that there are to be thankful for. And that that's I think a good place to start in terms of just realizing where we are and how we've been situated and what we've been given in our lives. But beyond that, it's realizing that even though we we may not be doing exactly what we want to do with our lives we can still find joy in those things it's even though they're not what we're wanting to do or they're not directly tied to our singular passion on something you know it, it's finding joy and appreciation for what we have in the things we don't necessarily like and for a lot of people that's work we don't want to work we don't think we should have to work and we don't think we should have to work jobs that we don't like and I, I can understand that but it's it's being thankful for what the job affords you and it's being thankful for the the work that you do in that job even if it's not a thankful job you you find thanks within the small things of that and this is obviously easier for some people than others given whatever your situation is and so I'm not gonna sit here and say this is like just a simple fix and bada bing bada boom you're good to go like <laughs> it takes a lot of effort and you know <laughs> for some maybe a lot of people it's too much of a bridge to to gap and I, I totally understand that that's you know that's fair but that that's sort of where the movie is coming from and I I tend to agree with it on in that sense of just being thankful and sort of realizing what you have in life and realizing what life has given you even if it's not where you expect it to be or want it to be but you are where you are now and if you can work to be better that's fine but don't don't make yourself self miserable in the meantime just because you're not where you want to be at you can still live a good and full life even if you're not where you want to be so i don't need to harp on that anymore but I, I just thought it was interesting to have a movie talk about that and to sort of wrestle with those concepts and to show at the very end of the movie that he was just thankful to sort of live life even though his his music career may not be what it, he wants it to be it's not as fulfilling as he wants it to be even though he sort of in his mind made it he did what he wanted 
wanted to do. He played a good music gig with a famous musician, but it left him empty still because that's not what life's all about. Achieving your passion isn't going to do it for you because there's so many other things to live life for. And so I, I thought that was pretty cool for a movie to talk about and to explore. And I, I think they did a decent job in the movie uh, with that. The other thing I wanted to talk about in regards to this movie is the notions that they bring about of the afterlife and souls. Obviously, that's that's why the movie's called Soul, even though, you know, you could piece it together with uh, the jazz music component of it. But there are souls in this movie. Um, the, the afterlife, the way they portray it's quite interesting. It's to me, with my admittedly limited knowledge on things, it, it appeared sort of a, a synthesis between a uh, a Christianity monotheism sort of stuff, and then a um, Buddhism Hinduism sort of approach in terms of like a like a Nirvana or the the, the final place where a spirit goes. Um, and I'll, I'll sort of flesh that out here. So. Uh, the way they show it is that when a person dies, they are sent into the great beyond. And the great beyond is portrayed as a giant white void that takes in these souls. And souls in this universe are um, shown as sort of uh, little blue-greenish avatars of the person that sort of look like the person. And, you know, they can walk around and talk and all of that. They're, they're very miniature versions of the person. Um, but that this white void sort of sucks up the... The, the little person and they sort of disappear into the void and that's that to me is very much like Buddhism Hinduism where a a spirit and a soul is sort of reabsorbed into the spiritualness of the universe um I'm not Buddhist or Hindu so I'm sure I'm not explaining this correctly but the way I've understood it is the a, a spirit going into this place which is like Nirvana it's this final step of things it's like a drop of water being added into the ocean where it's the the spirit of the person is combined and merged with this existing spiritual force um and so i i thought that was interesting uh depiction of that the the other thing they show most prominently is the the great before is what they call it and they spend much more time with this concept but the great before is the notion that souls kind of go through a training or a modeling of sorts before they are put into earth and into people. They, they are sort of imprinted upon with personalities and with character traits and all of these things. And they're mentored, quite literally, that is what they're called. It, they, they have a mentor to help them find what they refer to as the spark. And that spark is the final thing that's needed before they are sent to earth. And the spark uh, later on in the film is described as the person's purpose for living and usually it's found by just you know identifying hey this is a this is a soul that likes basketball that's their spark that's their reason for living and you know it, it becomes more subtle and more uh kind of nuanced as the film goes on in terms of like well you know like the the main character thought his spark was music and because that's his passion but that's the the spark and passion aren't related they're not the same thing and and i saw so I, I thought that was 
interesting too. But this idea of the great before, of souls sort of being formed before uh, being put into a human body, that to me is much more uh, reminiscent of sort of a uh, Judeo-Christian thought. Um, and specifically in the book of Psalms, uh, it talks about um, the David is talking about God um, and saying that uh, you knew me when I was in the womb and you know you knit me in my mother's womb. And so this whole notion of being molded into this person before you're born, I think is much more of a Christian thing, whereas like Buddhist and Hindu is more of the, the rebirth sort of stuff where, you know, a, a new newly birthed being has an older soul sort of, I don't want to use the word recycled because that I think has a bad connotation, but that, it is what it is essentially is that souls are continually put into bodies and stuff until, you know, and they go up the scale until they reach Nirvana where they become one with the spiritual force. And so I just thought it was a really interesting portrayal on the whole concept. At the very, very surface level, it's interesting that they're portraying the idea of death in a, you know, again, what's supposed to be a kid's movie, but also just that of the way they're showing death and what that looks like. And I think it's very interesting because, you know, given the events of the movie, given how characters sort of act and play out and all of that, really, it comes down to what most religious traditions have, which is the better person you are, the better things you do, the better kind of reward you get in the afterlife. And it's not immediately portrayed but like this, which is why I thought it was interesting. Because immediately it's portrayed as everyone just goes into this great beyond. Again, very much like Buddhism. But even and in Buddhism, they still have this concept of you, you do better things because that's how you go up the scale to go into the spiritual realm. But it's in the movie, it's very explicit because our main character, Joe, you know, because of character growth, the, <laughs> the thing that makes the movie interesting, he does better things and helps out people and makes things, you know, better so that at the end, he's he's done enough to get his reward to, you know, be given what he wants, which in this case is not to go to the great beyond, but rather go back to earth and be in his body and live the life he wants to live because he sacrificed that in order to help 22 live their life, the life they never got to have. And so that's sort of the, you know, the, the main character does enough in order to achieve a better outcome in the afterlife, which in this case is a second chance at living their first first life correctly and it's it's quite a fascinating take on that to me but but that core notion of uh you do good things in order to get a more favorable outcome that's been there since the beginning and uh, for me as a as a christian i find it interesting not that this movie is trying to depict christianity and because it's, it's clearly not and so i'm not trying to say that it is but you know cause christianity doesn't have that christianity does not say that you do better things you go to heaven because it doesn't and that's maybe <laughs> I guess a controversial take for for some Christians which I find weird but it, it Christianity doesn't the Bible doesn't it says that you know faith in Jesus Christ is what gets people to heaven and on that basis alone and so I, I just thought it was interesting to have Christian elements in a film where clearly it's do better things go get a better eternal reward but the eternal reward isn't even that great in this movie it, it's shown as scary still it's not shown as a place you want to go even 
even though the very first time we see it, the people who are going there do seem excited on the high end and at the low end indifferent, <laughs> but it's, it's never shown as like a happy place. It is literally shown as a giant white void you just get sucked into and disappear, which isn't all that exciting and isn't all that enjoyable in my opinion. I don't know. It, does, it doesn't portray itself as a happy place. And so to have a character work to achieve not having to go there, but rather being able to to live an earthly life again and to realize that that's the movie saying that's better than whatever comes after, I think is interesting because it almost gets rid of the notion of like what most religions have, which is that the afterlife is uh, a better place than earth. And I should, I should say can be because obviously like in Christianity, there's heaven and hell, right? And in, in a lot of uh, religions, there is that sort of dichotomy of you know good people go here bad people go to this other place and however that manifests and however that works out it, it's obviously different in different religions but the film basically is saying that to live is better than to die and experience uh afterlife reward and i don't know if, <laughs> if i have a whole lot to say about that besides the fact that i think that's an interesting take and maybe i'm looking too deep into that and it's more just saying to live is a good thing and to live a fulfilled life life is a good thing and something that you should do without having a near-death experience and I can get behind that I think that's a great thing but that's that's just sort of how I I took it and perceived it and I don't know it, it, it's an interesting way to end a film <coughs> but those are sort of my thoughts on it and sort of my reaction to it again I do recommend seeing it. It's Pixar, so the animation is great. It's it's fun to watch. It's not very long, so it is it is a rather concise movie. Um, before sitting down to record, I was briefly glancing over some reviews on uh, IMDb just to kind of see what other people thought about it and stuff. It hasn't been out for that long, and I was looking at the bad reviews because I find those <laughs> more interesting personally. And a lot of people didn't that didn't like the movie said they didn't like it because it was depressing and not a kids movie. And so the second one I agree it's definitely not a kids movie and that's just I don't, I don't think that's on the movie itself it never portrays it to be a kids movie from the get-go because from the get-go it shows a middle-aged man as a middle school band teacher and automatically young kids aren't going to relate to that because that's not a thing kids relate to <laughs> unless they're a middle school kid watching Pixar in which case maybe they could relate to that but it never sets out to be that I think that's more a marketing thing and more of Disney going we make kids movies therefore this is a kids movie and it's not that I'm not faulting the movie for that part of it at all the depressing part like the depressing critique i find interesting because i never was depressed throughout this movie at all um maybe that says more about me <laughs> than the movie itself but the the movie constantly is trying to show that this person wants to live their life which and to me is is an inherently non-depressing thing people wanting to live is a happy thing but it does show that this person has not lived a what would be commonly perceived as a fulfilling life you know it it does a little um montage near the beginning of of the movie about uh, the life he's lived, sort of sort of showing scenes throughout his life, and most of them are by himself, like in front of a TV or at a diner, eating by himself, and uh, you know, not doing very exciting things. And I guess that's depressing in the sense that he never lived a fulfilling life. But that's that's the whole point: is that most people are like that, but you can change that. <laughs> You can, you can make that a better thing. You can start living your life to be more fulfilling and to not have these problems. But I, I guess if you either don't make it through the whole movie or, you know, just take it as the beginning and don't really synthesize that with the end, I can see how it'd be a depressing movie. It's... 
I don't even want to say it's less lighthearted than other Disney Pixar movies, because I don't even think that's true. It's It deals with the subject matter differently, because, you know, there's other Pixar movies like Coco, and Coco deals with death too, but Coco is more of a traditional take on death, because it's the uh, Mexican uh, Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead, and that sort of tradition of how spirits move in the beyond sort of stuff, and it's just a different way of expressing death. And that one is way more lighthearted than than Soul, I will say. Soul is not as lighthearted as that. But I just, I don't know if I can agree that Soul is depressing. I don't think it's that. It is very adult. Um, not in, like, explicitness. It's still rated PG. <laughs> But it's, it's a movie that I think takes more effort than the traditional Pixar movie. And I'm certainly not going to knock it for that because I, th I think it's still enjoyable. Um, I, I don't know if kids would enjoy watching this. I, I, I frankly, like if I had kids, I don't know if I'd turn this on with them in the room. <laughs> not because I think that it would be bad for them, but rather I just think they wouldn't enjoy it. I think they, I think they'd give up and just start doing other things within the first 20, 30 minutes. And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. That doesn't detract from the movie itself itself for me. Um, having just watched it the one time before I'm reviewing this, you know, um, certainly more, more watch throughs could prove that it to be worse in some areas could prove to be better in some areas. But I think overall, I, I think it's a solid movie. Um, the rating on IMDb as I'm recording this is at an 8.2 out of 10. And I... I don't know if I'd rank it that high, I guess. Um, the hard thing for me is that I don't know if I have explicit reasons why it would be lower than an 8.2. I did enjoy it, and I did have fun with it, and I think the concepts are interesting. I think the, I think the one reason I have for rating it lower than an 8.2, which, so for me, it's probably more like a 7, is the, the story to me is pretty kind of by the books. The stuff I've talked about, like, in terms of its uniqueness and, um, like, the stuff I liked about about it. I don't... I don't think the overall story is that unique. The body swap thing has been done a bunch. Um, I think that the person not wanting to stay in the afterlife stuff has been done a bunch. I, I don't know. There, to me, it just sort of, it's, it's a nice watch. It does deal with serious subjects, and I'm certainly not opposed to any element of it, but without going into specific movies, just because I'm, I'm really not thinking of any off the top of my head at the moment, I feel like I've seen it done better before. That That's the impression I'm left with, honestly. Um, and so that's, that's to me, why it's a 7. That's just, and that, that's a very personal rating and not very objective, I know. But it, it is worth your time, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I am someone who watches a lot of films, so it, perhaps it's just in watching too many movies, I've just seen these concepts done at a certain point. But I think I think it's worth most people's time to watch this film. Um, because even, even though I, I say, like, a lot of these things aren't that unique or I've seen them before or whatever, it still got me to think about it. And it still got me to record this the same day I watched it. Um, it, it made me want to record a podcast on this. So I, I guess that's the, that, that gives it a favorable rating for me because I'm not going to talk about something or think about something I didn't really care about. If I watch a movie and it, I just kind of leave going, eh, that was okay. I put no more thought into it and I'm certainly not going to record a long podcast episode about it because it's not worth my damn time. So I guess in that sense, uh, good on the movie. It, it, it did accomplish that. So I give it props for that. But it, 
It's certainly not my favorite Pixar film, and it's not my favorite animated film, and I don't think it's my favorite film regarding these sort of topics. It's a good watch, though. I had fun with it. Probably don't want to watch it with kids. <laughs> I guess that's the best way for me to sum it up. But hopefully me talking about this movie was interesting. Hopefully some of these concepts are interesting. Again, watch it if you're able to or if you find it interesting. I think it's worth an hour and a half of your time for sure. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do a lot more movies in the near future. I have been watching a lot of movies, but I don't want this to become a movie podcast. It's just I want it to be more broken up than that. I'm hoping to do a lot more recording in the near future. I guess that's one of my New Year's resolutions because I haven't been doing a very good job of it. And I really do enjoy recording and making these. So hopefully you will hear from me sooner than later uh, for the next episode. And I, I have some some ideas brewing about what I want to do going forward. So hopefully that helps me be more consistent with it. Thank you all for continuing to listen to this. Uh, it constantly amazes me that people actually want to take the time to listen to this. So I really appreciate it. Uh, please feel free to leave me any topic suggestions, comments, critiques, whatever at beingstillpodcast at gmail.com. I appreciate any feedback or any suggestions that you have, and I will see you in the next episode.